me. He said that I am in you and you are in me. That we carry him everywhere we go. He is constantly with us, intertwined with our innermost being. First off, I want to say thank you, Pastor Bob, for not only this opportunity, but just being a good friend. And when I was having trouble with the sermon, Pastor Bob helped me with whatever I needed. I knew I could call him. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, this is graduation time again. We get here and we've got four graduates, JC, Jonathan, Isaac, and Aiden back there. So I've started kind of a uh, tradition where I like to say something that I remember or will remember about all of them. So, um, <clears throat> Aiden, I think that you are extremely creative. I think that God has given you that gift of creativity. I've noticed that um, you have a tender heart as well as your joy. You are someone that likes to laugh, and I have never doubted that you are who you are that you will always act like you. Something else that comes to mind is there's been times when I visited Aiden's work um, to go in and talk with him, and all the people at his work just rant and rave about how amazing Aiden is and how he's always so upbeat. And when I went in, when Aiden was going to be baptized to talk to him, I remember the conversation that we had talking about his baptism. So those are things that I will always remember, but don't ever lose that. The impression that you give off to others is a gift from God. Jonathan. Mm. So Jonathan, you do have a servant's heart. Every time I have ever needed anything, anything at all, when it came to making the shelves in the youth room, needing help with that, um, staining, whatever it took, painting, anything, you were always there. I think that you always want to be funny. Some of us try. Some of us accomplish. <clears throat> I actually remember the first time that Megan and I visited your family. Um, you came out with a big sheet of paper, and you said, No, Adam, <laughs> sit down. We're going to tell you some jokes. <laughs> okay? I remember that. <laughs> Megan and I still talk about it to this day. But I also, one thing that I know about you is every time that I would ask a tough question in youth, whether it was a question about why we should evangelize or what God calls us to do, that you would think deeply about that question, and then you would answer with a, a well-thought-out answer. And it was always something that we knew we could come to Jonathan if, he had, if we wanted a really good answer, somebody who was thinking about it. So don't ever lose that. Always think about what God has called you to do and focus on that in your life. JC. JC. Mm. So, <clears throat> you have recently started to come to youth more often. Um, and I really enjoy when you and Ethan are there. I really enjoy, well, both of you, because you're both there at the same time most of the time. But um, 
I really enjoy when you guys are there. I think that you're quite funny. Actually, uh, something that I remember when we were playing the game at the Straley's house, you were always writing out extremely weird answers. Um, and that's something that I will, I, will, I will remember about you. So, but I think that you have a very tender heart and you care about people. You were there for your grandma when she needed you, and that speaks volumes about your character. Never lose sight of how important people are in your life and how important you can be in theirs. Isaac, oof. I don't really know what to say about Isaac, but I think that um, we've had a lot of fun together. I think that we've joked around a lot from the lunches when we would just talk about what's going on to having fun when all the boys went out camping. We've had a lot of fun together. And uh, all you wanted to do when we were camping was worship and sing around the campfire. And God has given you a gift of being a leader, so focus on that. I think that our banner back and forth about how Ford is better than Chevy will always happen. And I know that you feel that God has called has a call on your life, so stay focused on that call. I was talking to a pastor the other day. He said something that made me think of you. He said, always be you, because even if you try hard to mimic someone else, you're not them, but you can be the best you that is out there. And that's what God wants. That's what he expects. Always be Isaac in everything you do, because that's God, who God created you to be. So, now that we've got over the tender moments, um, we're going to move into the sermon. Recently, uh, I took a class on homiletics, so um, if this sermon isn't good, let me know. If you guys don't know what homiletics means, don't worry. Uh, until I asked Pastor Bob six weeks into the class, I didn't know either. Uh, but it's pretty much sermon writing and how to prepare and create a sermon. So let me know if I should ask for my money back at the end of this. But today we're going to be reading in John chapter 14, verse 20. That's where we're going to start out. John 14, verse 20. And then while you flip there or open your Bible apps, I want to tell you a story. Uh, when I worked at my old job, I worked with a, a young man named Drake. And over time, Drake and I eventually became friends. Drake grew up in the church. And actually, at the time, Drake knew far more about the Bible than I did. But Drake chose to live a life that was different from the way he was taught when he was younger. I always thought that I might study enough scripture or focus enough or pray enough that I could wow Drake back into following Jesus. That was the one thing I thought, Adam, if you could do this, if you could just do this, if you could do that. But what happened most of the time when I did this is Drake would throw the scripture back into my face and often out of context, and it would actually stumble me. I wouldn't know what to say to him. But you know when I really started to make a difference was when I realized who I had on my side, and I allowed him to guide me. All Christians carry Jesus with us, and that's an amazing gift. That is an amazing gift. So, John fourteen twenty says, Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, 
you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So I've gotten into the habit of really asking why when I read the text. Why did, why did Jesus say this at this point? Why did the disciples need to hear this exact word at this point? What, what was the meaning behind this? Why? Why was that? Why, why Jesus? Why would, you, why would you want them to hear that exact word? And it, and, it, and it bugged me as I was writing this sermon, that lingering why was just sticking in the back of my mind. Why? Ask Why? Why did Jesus tell them this? Why did the disciples need to hear this exact time? Not long before the cross. And how would these disciples use this in the future? Well, I think that um, I'm going to try to answer all of those questions today. I think that Jesus told the disciples this because they needed to know that no matter what, he would always be with them. I mean, he's telling them this days before the cross. So when the entire world was falling on them, they thought, he knew that they could cling to this, that he knew this was the why they needed to hear this. No matter what pitfalls or possibilities, mistakes they might make, he would always be with them. The main thing that sticks out to me reading this text is, how we are intertwined with Jesus. This thought of just being tangled with him. He said that I am in you and you are in me. That we carry him everywhere we go. He is constantly with us, intertwined with our innermost being. He clearly states this. We are in him, he is in us. Letting us know that as followers of Jesus, he will never, ever leave us. I really think that the disciples would need that over and over, over the next few days and even till the end of their days, until their ministry was over. Jesus gave them the same promise that God gave Isaiah in Isaiah 41.10, when he said, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand that was something that isaiah and the disciples would cling to when life got hard they knew without a doubt that they had jesus fighting for them guiding and cheering them on every single step of the way and i like to think of it like this um, has, I'm sure that a lot of you have seen the movie Rocky. Has anybody seen the movie Rocky? Yes. Okay, so the movie Rocky. Rocky was a boxer from Philadelphia, right? We've, we've seen the famous scene of him running up the steps, okay? Rocky was this boxer who was um, wanting to do all he could in the boxing world. Every time Rocky fought, he had a trainer with him. It was... Mickey, Mickey was his name. It was like Mickey the trainer was helping Rocky every single step of the way. When he thought he couldn't do it anymore, Mickey was there cheering him on. When he didn't know what to do, Mickey would tell him what to do. The reason Mickey knew this was because he had been there before. 
He had seen all of these things. And towards the end of the movie, Rocky even started to see what Mickey wanted him to do before he would do it. That's the reason Rocky would look back at Mickey for confidence also, is because he knew that no matter what, Mickey was there for him. So that's why Jesus told the disciples this. So they knew, no matter what, they could look to him for confidence. Even though they couldn't see him with their eyes, he is still with us. We carry him everywhere we go. Everywhere. He is in us. And that's the same thing that he, the same promise that he gave the disciples is the same promise that he gives us. He gives our graduates is that he's always going to be with you. He'll be there cheering us on, giving advice and guidance when needed. And all, <clears throat> and we all know that even though the disciples spent um, physical time with Jesus, they still needed the Holy Spirit for guidance after his ascension. We all do. Now, why did they need to hear this just a few days before Jesus gave his life for the world? Well, he wanted to comfort them. Jesus knew them better than they knew themselves. And he knew if they didn't have this, this assurance, then they could not hold fast to the work that he prepared them to do over his years of discipleship. They were just humans like we are. And just like if we didn't have that comfort, in fact, in the fact that he is with us, we wouldn't be able to hold fast to the work that he calls all of us to do. He told them this because he knew that they would have hard times and that they would need comfort. And graduates, there's going to be a lot of hard times in life, and you're going to need the comfort of Christ. There's times when, you know, life goes by so quick. And I know that your parents, you know, the first time they held you, they can probably think about how quickly your life has went by, how it's like the blink of an eye, and that they had dreams for you in your future, and that now your dreams... Now you have dreams of what you want to do with your future. <clears throat> so, how do we use the gift of carrying Jesus with us everywhere we go? Because remember, we reflect him to everyone in everything that we do. He gave us the same call that he gave the disciples. Our gifts uh, are to further the kingdom of God. Everyone has this unique gift. You all have unique gifts. And these gifts can be world-changing. The gifts that you have can change the world, your sphere of influence, and beyond. Just think about how it changed the world out of just the disciples. The entire world changed just through those people that Jesus Christ sent. So, JC, <clears throat> God calls us to be salt in life. And he wants you to show others that compassion and loving heart that God gave you. He wants you to change the world through compassion. That's his call on your life. It's an, you can influence others. You can influence your family. You can influence your friends. You can 
influence strangers with compassion. Jonathan, focus on that servant's heart that God gave you and use it for, to serve others because you can change the world through service. You can show others that we can serve them. And it's not just all about us, but it's about serving others because that's the call that Christ has given on all of our lives. So use that servant's heart. Isaac, hone in on what God has given you. Look at good leaders. Identify what good leaders look like. And become the leader that God has designed you because there are leaders that can change everything. There are leaders that can lead people to Christ. And there are leaders that can definitely plant the seed. So focus on what kind of leader God wants you to be and be that leader. Aiden, continue to be the person that God made you, always carrying that joy, that tender heart that you have everywhere you go, because when people see that Jesus has a tender heart and that you reflect his heart, that can change everyone around you. I don't think I've met a person that's met you that doesn't say, oh yeah, that's Aiden. That's totally Aiden. So use that the way that Christ designed you to use that. And then I'm going to leave with a word from Joshua. And in first, jo first Joshua, Joshua is, uh, God's getting ready to give him the promised land. And as he goes here, God tells him, or is telling him that, I'm going to give you this. This is going to be yours. Go and capture it. Take the promise that I've given you and use it. Take that promise and use what God has given you. In Joshua 1.9, God told him, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And graduates, that's the same thing God's telling you. Don't be afraid. The promise that he has set before you, he will come through with. Be courageous and grasp that promise. Use it in a way that glorifies him, focusing on the gifts that he's given you. And I just want all of you to know, and I'm sure that the, I speak for the church on my behalf, but we are so proud of each and every one of you. So proud for who you have become the person that God is morphing and changing you into. Thank you for all the opportunity that I've had to be your youth pastor. I've been excited about that. Megan and I look back and reflect on everything, and um, we're just thankful for the Lord, or thankful to the Lord for you guys. So thank you. Uh, pastor Bob's going to pre or going to pray over the graduates, and. Um, Thank you guys so much.